DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up, it's BYU facing Louisiana Tech, and the head coach of the Bulldogs, Skip Holtz, joins us right now. Coach, thanks for joining us. I appreciate y'all having me today. I am curious here. You've gotten off to a 2-0 start. How difficult has that been with everything that's been happening with COVID, or has it not been that tough because even though you're dealing with it, the opponents are dealing with it too? Yeah, I, I think everybody's got their own crosses to bear when you start talking about COVID and how it affects each program individually. We we were going along great. We had a we had a really good camp going. We went about three weeks. We had one positive test. The players were in the building from you know, seven thirty in the morning to eight thirty at night. Um, meetings, walkthroughs, practice, and everything was going really well. And then we unfortunately had a hurricane come through. Louisiana hit the southern part of the state really hard and here in the northern part of the state as it came through here as a category one we just we lost a lot of power and so as a city we were without power for about five days and players were displaced and trying to find air conditioning to sleep at night and we're trying to find a way to feed them and in the next nine days we had 36 positives and it just it shut us down at that point we were just trying to survive we canceled practice and everybody started coming back the week of the southern miss game so when we when we went into that southern miss game and we couldn't even practice tuesday and we ended up having to cancel the Baylor game uh, because of it and then got everybody out on the field for Southern Miss. And as I said, we learned a lot about our team. We've got a lot of new faces, a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator. And as everybody with no spring practice and very little summer, um, it, it made it, it made it definitely there was a lot of unknowns, I would say, going into the season. Uh, came back, had some sort of a normal week going into our second week with Houston Baptist and found a way to win. So I think we're all just like I'm sure BYU has their story and what they have gone through with it, with their spike and how they had to cancel a game. And we're all just trying to find what the new norm is and kind of what the rules are and how we, how we have to operate inside those guidelines and make this work. So we're all, we're all trying to do what we can to make it work. But right now we want to keep everybody safe and see how we can pull this off and play college football. So normally, Coach, when you have a game like the one that you have this week against BYU, it'd be something that you would have known about for a good long while, maybe possibly years. And I don't know over the summer if you would have had an opportunity to at least take a peek at BYU. It would have been down the line a little bit, so I don't know how much time you would have spent on it. But this is something that came about so relatively quickly. It's almost unheard of, basically, to be scheduling a game during the season. But nevertheless, that's what you had. What type of challenges does that pre- uh, present? Yeah, uh, quite a few. Um, normally during the course of the summer, what you do is you try and you summer scouting report your first four opponents. You get their personnel, who's coming back, their staff, new changes, put together a preliminary game plan. You know as you get into game three and four, you're going to have a couple games to go by to see how much they've changed. But uh, it creates quite a workload for both parties, both for BYU and for us. As this game got added late, you're already into your season. Um, BYU had some games canceled. We had a game canceled with Baylor. Um, therefore, everybody's like, "Hey, we're open this date. So are you? Hey, let's match up and go. This. <laughs> let's match up and go this week." Well, unfortunately, as soon as that game is scheduled, uh, you've got staffs on both sides that are scurrying to to get film, to get evaluations, to get breakdowns. What are we going to see? Trying to put game plans together, and uh, it becomes difficult, especially with it being a shortened week. Um, 
and both of us just coming off of the game on Saturday and then trying to put this together for a game Friday makes it difficult because normally when you come into the office on Sunday after a game, you grade the film from the previous game and then you pull out your summer scouting report and you got a pretty good idea of your opponent. Uh, we're just learning as we go. I mean, we're, we're learning a little bit more about BYU each and every week and, um, I mean, each and every day as we get through this week and just trying to put the best game plan we can together to come up there and be competitive. So the the thing that jumps out at us watching these first two games is the BYU's offensive line looks awfully good. The rushing numbers were massive at Navy, and then the passing numbers were off the charts uh, in the second game against Troy. How does your D-line or your front seven, however you want to look at it, match up against well, BYU's offensive not- line? It's certainly not going to be easy, and it's not It's not just, I mean, obviously, BYU's always been big, but they have statistically, when you look at them right now, this has got to be one of the better teams that they've had. Right now, it's one of the better teams in the country. Statistically, they're, they're ranked in about, I think it's like seven categories in the top ten offensively, and I think they're ranked in eight or nine categories in the top ten defensively. Um, they have had two of the strongest showings so far this year and what they've done, and one of the reasons that they're ranked right now as we continue to get into this and learn more and more about each football team uh, as we get into this season. But what makes BYU so difficult is they have balance. I mean, as you said, they, they go into their opening game and the, the offensive line controls the game. Their, their running backs run hard. They're physical. They've got a little bit of a committee going back there and that they can play a couple backs and they're, they're getting those big offensive linemen who have a great, often, uh, great understanding of their offense. And then you come back the next week and you watch the Army strength of the quarterback and the way that he can throw the ball and his accuracy and uh, the time that he has back there it makes it very makes it very difficult to prepare we see uh, statistically anyway that Houston Baptist put up a lot of yards passing but you won comfortably I'm wondering how true was that and how concerned are you about your past defense well, we knew coming into it that was one of the biggest concerns we had. Out of you have four starters in your back end back there in your two safeties and your two corners, and we graduated uh, seven players in the back end, and so we knew it was going to be somewhat of a growing, a growing, some growing pains going for us early. Uh, same thing, you had the opportunity to face uh, Jack Abraham, a quarterback at Southern Miss, who statistically again is uh, a really strong passer. You go play Houston Baptist. And he had thrown for 500 yards against North Texas and 600 yards against Texas Tech in a game that they lost 35 to 33. So, uh, you know, when you when you held somebody to 400 yards, you walk out and you're a little bit disappointed because you didn't play better on the back end. But we held him 150 yards below his average. So we thought, I mean, it's one of those things you look at it, you feel pretty good about it. Um, but we're, we're still learning a lot of who we are back there. And, you know, when, when you've got some new faces, we're playing a, a true freshman. We've had a transfer from Penn State who is just now getting to the point where he is becoming uh, healthy and probably more ready to play. And we've got some freshmen or some underclassmen that are starting to get a little bit more comfortable in it. We have a a transfer from Virginia Tech where we tried to bring a couple upperclassmen in uh, to help a position that you didn't want to rely on all your freshmen. So hopefully if we can get a full slate, as you never know what's going to happen, as we're still, still constantly testing through the week, 
week, and it seems like every test it's like, okay, well, we have this one, so that takes out three with contact tracing, and you just hold your breath that they're the right ones. Um, but right now we're still learning. I think it's probably going to be to the middle of the season until we really figure out uh, just how good we can be and as we have the opportunity to come together and, and start to play quality football as a defensive unit. Skip Holtz joining us. He's the football coach at Louisiana Tech. That's the next game for the Cougars. And you, you've got a couple quarterbacks you played here. Aaron Allen, a sophomore, um, led you to a touchdown early in the opener, all that. You went to Luke Anthony. He's piled up some big stats. It seems to be his job. He's a grad transfer. What did you see in him? What took him a while to win the job? Why is he the guy now? Well, just the same thing. We graduated a three-year starter at quarterback, and when you look at the transfer market today, uh, with everybody getting into the transfer portal, we wanted. We feel like we have a very talented sophomore quarterback in Aaron Allen who got a chance to play a little bit last year um, when the starter missed a couple games. But we brought Luke Anthony in to try and come in and compete as an upperclassman. And uh, what makes it hard was he's been in the offense five weeks. Uh, he came in here early to go to spring practice, and then. Unfortunately, uh, COVID hit before we were able to get any spring practices in. So he got no spring practice. We had very little summer with everybody being off. And then he's had he's had camp, which has been very discombobulated, or just with the with the hurricane and the the lack of practice, and then shutting everything down for about ten days, and then getting started back up again. So uh, it's been it, he really hasn't had a lot of time to get comfortable in it. So we came into the first game. We've had very little scrimmages during fall camp, and so we wanted to play them both going into it. We started with Aaron Allen, who's been in the offense now going into his third year and has a really good grasp on it. He's just young, uh, who I thought did a really nice job. He went, I think he was like 11-14, I think, in the opening game. Uh, did a nice job, but he threw an interception. And so coming into the second game, we started with Luke Anthony, and I thought he had a really strong performance. He threw the ball very well. Um, and he did a nice job of operating the offense. And that's why, at this point, we'll still play both quarterbacks, I think, during this pandemic that we're in right now and knowing that in any uh after any covid test they could come in and tap you on the shoulder and say hey you're starting quarterbacks out or you're starting guards out or you're starting defense alignment or safeties out so you have to uh you have to create depth on your football team and so we're just trying to gain some experience for some young guys across the board before we get into our conference race so they will both definitely play but luke anthony will be the one that'll start but i think one of the reasons that it's just taken us so long is how few scrimmage reps he's had from under the center uh, where we're playing 11-on-11 football. And that's where I think that it's played to BYU's strength, all this craziness with the lack of practicing that's been going on the last several months is BYU returns a very much a veteran team, particularly on defense. You know, they've got experience at all three levels. From your perspective offensively, what is something that you need to have success at in order to be able to try to win this ball game? Well, again, you go back and look at it statistically, and, and it's video game type numbers. I think they're giving up 16% on third down. They're giving up, I think they've given up 15 first downs in two games. Um, put it in perspective, I think we had 32 last week. Um, so when you look at what you're going against, I mean, again, they're, they're big. It starts with their nose guard in the middle. He's a force. Um, you got to make sure that you can block him, both in the run and the pass game. They have a 
uh, a very structured defense in what they do. They know what they want to do, and they're very they're very good at it. Um, I made the comment, uh, and you just hit on it, a year ago when we had a two-year returning starter and we had about 18 returning starters a year ago when we won 10 games, we were probably built more prepared to handle um, the COVID pandemic a year ago than we are this year when you have so many new faces and two new coordinators and your players are trying to learn a new scheme, new system, new coaches. You're trying to break a lot of players in. You're trying to compete for positions. You really don't know what you have until you have the opportunity to get out on the field and play games. And so when I look at BYU's defense, um, just like with their offense, they they have balance. I think, you know, you, you watch them go against a rushing team in, in Navy in the opening of the season, and they uh, just absolutely dominated and shut it down when that game 40, uh, 55 to three, and then come back and play Troy, who is more of a passing team, uh, and they shut them down and win that one 45 to seven. And so I think they've got balance on defense. They've played a passing team and shut it down. They've played a running team and shut it down. And like I said, what they do structurally is really sound. It's really they play disciplined, sound, fundamental uh, football, and they do a really they do a really good job with it. And then you put very talented players in those positions, and it makes it it makes it hard. With something we we can't turn the ball over, uh, obviously, and we're going to have to find a way to make some first downs. And I don't think you can just go into it and and say we're going to run the ball and you can't just go into it and say we're going to throw it because I think if you become one-dimensional against a defense as good as BYU it makes it very difficult to move the ball you've got a couple running backs you mentioned BYU by committee it looks like you're kind of doing the same thing Justin Henderson with 29 carries Israel Tucker with 20 is there are they kind of interchangeable is one guy more a power guy and the other guy a speed guy how does that work well, they're two two seniors that have both played a lot of football. As you talked about, the advantage BY has with so much experience returning, it's kind of what we have at the running back position. We have both Justin Henderson, who's a thousand yard rusher for us a year ago, and Israel Tucker, who is a who is a senior, along with Greg Garner, who's had some quality carries for us here in the first in the first two games. Um, I don't think either player, I don't think any player in the country uh, has had the type of training that we've had in the past when when we told everybody to go home in March and you don't see them in March, April, May, June, July, and all of a sudden they report in August for camp. Uh, I don't know that anybody's in the football shape we'd like for them to be in to go play uh, and carry the ball 30 sometimes a game. And so we have tried to keep a fresh back. We've tried to keep a rotation going where uh, where all three of those young men will play. And I think right now, just early, um, it's just very it's very difficult with the lack of training they had in the off season to to ride one player, so we're fortunate there at the running back position because we have a couple players with with some experience. Well, coach, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and we're looking forward to the game. No, I am too. Really excited about having the opportunity to come out there, and I understand this is the first time that uh, BYU and Louisiana Tech have played, and so we're certainly excited to have the opportunity to come out there. Skip Holtz, head coach. Louisiana Tech, the Bulldogs and the Cougars coming up, and uh, BYU big favorites in that game. Uh, you know, he talks about balance on offense, PK, but just looking at the stats to the first two games, and I know they can be a little skewed because the Houston Baptist game got out of hand, but 10 touchdowns passing, three touchdowns rushing. Um, and the Henderson and Tucker, you know, are averaging 60, 70 yards a game apiece, but it seems like the run game is there to give the receivers a breather. I would probably agree with that. Yeah, it's looking like that—that's where they want to go. 
And Anthony Sr., I mean, I, I realized he was with Abilene Christian in his prior time, and mm-hmm. so maybe it took him a little bit. But I would think that they would be able to have some success through the air. But, you know, the BYU defense has been so stout. I, as I look at this game, one thing that I'm – you never have, you know, 100%, but one thing that appears to just jump off the page is that uh, Zach Wilson should have a field day. Yep. As far as throwing, I mean, you realize Louisiana Tech, and they won 10 ball games last year, so that's a pretty good team, and they beat Miami, shut them out in the Independence Bowl. I think it was, I think it was like 14 nothing. Uh, they had two guys drafted in the fourth round, a safety and a cornerback, uh, Sneed and Robertson. I think they went uh, back-to-back, like 138, right, 139 overall in the middle of the fourth round uh, to uh, Kansas City and the Raiders. So you get in a program that's losing – uh, its entire defensive backfield, and two of those guys go to the NFL. Well, you can see. Well, well, that's why they won ten ball games. But you know, at a program like Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, can you reload the, the Utes? You know, they're going through that. We'll see what they come up with. But Louisiana Tech would stand a reason. I don't follow the program obviously close, but you would think that they would need to rebuild a little bit rather than just plug in two more guys that are going to be drafted. So you can see where they've been weak defensively. So the one thing that seems to really jump out at me as we prepare for this game is that the Cougars should be able to move the ball through the air. The test will be stopping Louisiana Tech from throwing it. They uh, maybe like the BYU teams, Lavelle Edwards, Norm Chow, Eric Cougars, where you know they had a great passing game, but they had a a, just a bunch of receivers and basically you know kind of pick your poison and the quarterback the quarterback drove it, but there were a bunch of receivers who could make plays. The ten touchdown passes have gone to seven different receivers, <laughs> and that's and and they're not throwing touchdown passes to running backs. They're rotating receivers through. They're running sprints. They are gassing you. They're sending another group of guys, and everyone can make a play if you make a mistake. Any one of them can hurt you. Uh, lots of guys with twenty, thirty, and forty yard. Uh, you know, big plays. And maybe yeah, that's yeah. skewed a little bit by Houston Baptist, but I right. do think that's something for uh, for BYU, you know, to watch out for. Because some teams build a passing attack around one or two dominant receivers. That doesn't look like what Louisiana Tech has here. You know, they got a guy with seven catches, a guy with nine, a guy with ten. They're spreading the ball around. Well, this much I can say for certainty. They're bulldogs. Okay. <laughs> Feeling very punny this week. Very See, punny. It is the LaTeX Bulldogs. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. Thanks. I, yeah, I didn't know if everybody got it, though. They're Bulldogs, <laughs> man. They're going to come up. There you go. They're going to fight you. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.